Hey guys, welcome to Insiders. I'm Jamie, as always, joined by Callum and his little moustache. Hello, Callum. You little moustache. <laughs> um, we have a very special guest today. He's NFT UK. How are you today? Hello, how are you? Very well. We're rocking and rolling, as we always do. So, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can hear you, mate. I can hear you. It's a little bit quiet, but I can hear you. Yep. Um, yeah, so as we were saying pre-record, you're in the UK at the moment. And have you been here? Have you been in the UK throughout lockdown? Is that is this where you've been based? Uh, not really. Um, I've been like, I was in Spain when, well, I was in the UK before lockdown, like yeah. one day before lockdown in Spain. Uh, then I traveled back to Madrid uh, after a show. And that's where I did the like the the first lockdown, right? Yeah. Um, and then like a couple, like maybe a month um, before this, I went to Germany to train there in WXW and and had a good time there, and just uh, went back here to London. Yeah. So how's it been like during lockdown? Then have you have you been able to keep training at all, or have you not been able to do much? Uh, I mean, I've always been trying to, right? Like yeah. trying to do as much as I could. Obviously you're not able to wrestle anyone, so that's that's a very bad thing for wrestlers. But yeah, uh, yeah I just try to like study stuff and like watch tapes, uh, do body weight when I didn't have a gym. Now I have a gym, so it's pretty much everything I need. So Yeah. Well and, uh, who you been who you been studying then? I mean who are guys you are inspired by, who do you look at and study to to learn from? So I've, I've always loved uh, Bret Hart. Like, in my opinion, he's one of the best of all time. And yeah. I, I used this time to, like, kind of watch back everything he did. Like, um, Mr. Perfect in SummerSlam, like, British Bulldog, uh, his matches with Owen. Just, like, stuff I watched in the past and didn't really appreciate as much as I could right now. And then I also started, like, uh, Nigel McGuinness in his time in ROH. Uh, oh. Again, one thing that I started, right? One thing that I started back in the day, and now I appreciate it even more. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Bret Hart. That that match with Mr. Perfect, SummerSlam '91's one of my all-time favorite pay-per-views, and for that match alone, him and Mr. Perfect, and it's the match with King of the Ring '1993 as well. Um, yeah, I mean, what is it about Bret? I mean, I actually met Bret Hart a few years ago, and he's such a sweet guy. Um, so what I mean, what is it? Because obviously you are quite a high flyer as well. So you, you was, you obviously you're a big fan of the technical aspects as well with Brett and uh, Mr. Perfect. Uh, yeah, like uh, so the first book I ever read about wrestling was the Brett book, uh, yeah. which quite honestly ruined everything for me because in my opinion it's <laughs> one of the best. So it can never be that good. Uh, but yeah, so that's why that's why I started watching him and stuff, like just reading the book, uh, like when he talks about Dynamite, for example, just, all right, I need to watch this. I need to watch wh who this guy is. And then I watch him versus Tiger Mask and mm -hmm. kind of everything clicks, right? So that's why I started watching Brett. And obviously he's one of the best. So you yeah. just had to watch him. <laughs> I totally agree, man. Yes, I've got that book. It's, it's a big book as well, isn't it? It's not a, it's not Very a big. tiny book. <laughs> It's about 500 plus pages, but I remember when I got it, I must have read it in about two or three days. I just couldn't put it down. 
Uh, I, I'm totally with you. For me, Braha is he's up there as you know one of the greatest ever. Um, but speaking about your career, I know uh, Callum will be really excited to talk to you about this. You wrestled in Chikara, am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how was that? Callum, Callum's a huge Chikara guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how was that? How did that come about? So that was one of my first matches here in the UK, uh, which uh, it was against British Strong Style right when they were like starting with NXT UK and everything. So it was like pretty, pretty good uh, time frame for us, right? Like for me, for Carlos and, and for Sayas. Uh, and we, yeah, we were contacted because we were like from White Wolf Wrestling, uh, which is a company in Madrid. So. Mm-hmm. They wanted us like to represent White Wolf, and wow, it was <laughs> it was surreal. It was like one of these weekends I just couldn't believe, right? And yeah, my first time in Wolverhampton as well. Uh, I didn't even know that place existed. Uh, <laughs> then it became such a big part of my career, so it's it's wild. That's cool though. Um, like you've you've wrestled in Chikara, you've wrestled British Strong Style. I'm guessing that was still quite relatively early on in your career as well. Uh, kind of. I mean, I'm very weird for that because, I, like, my debut was in 2012, mm-hmm. but until 2018, I may have like, I don't know, uh, 60 matches. You know, so it's yeah. not. It's just because I'm from Spain, so there's not much wrestling there. Everything was way slower for me. So even though, like, time-wise, I'm very old at that point in my career, I didn't have a clue what was going on. So. Well, to be, to be honest, even as a fan, um, we I hadn't heard of you up until maybe three or four years ago, I believe. And then it was like overnight, everybody was just talking about Akid. <laughs> and I think it was to do, like, especially on Reddit, I don't know if you go on Squared Circle, um, but the, every post was like highlights of your matches. And I think some of them were, I believe one of them was Will Ospreay. Um, and it was people were just say raving about this match you had with Osprey, and I was just like, yeah, okay, we'll check this guy out. And then since then, it's just been like you've been one of the the guys from Europe, especially like you said, where Spain, where you don't get too many wrestlers coming from or promotions. You've kind of stood out. And what do you credit that to? Like, you, like you said, you don't get much wrestling in Spain. You don't really get many promotions. How do you feel like you've made yourself stand out? Uh, so, basically, uh, it was, uh, so the first time an import came to White Wolf to wrestle, uh, it was Ricochet, and I was the guy picked to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was it was so crazy, because it was at a point in my career where I kind of decided to quit, like, decided to stop wrestling, because as we were talking, like, there's no wrestling in Spain, there's no way I can do this as a lifetime, I have to study, I have to do something else. Uh, and that match changed it all. Like uh, after that match, uh, Carlos uh, Romo obviously uh, talked to me and went like, "All right, we like you have to get out of this place. You you have to like try to wrestle because you just proved that you can do it. You can if mm-hmm. you can hang with Ricochet, you you can wrestle anyone." And I was like, "All right, I, I don't really know what to do. I don't, I don't really know how to start doing this." And he was like, I, "I've." experience with like music and stuff so I can help you with that and I was like all right but then come with me so like 
we can use this together. We can use this like for both yeah. of us. And that's how it started. Like it was just us traveling. Like we literally traveled to shows just to help out. We didn't even wrestle. Just went there, tried to like watch wrestling from the inside and understand how uh, the scene worked, right? And then slowly uh, we were getting like bigger matches and I had like this match against Zack Sabre Jr. in White Wolf. And mm -hmm. in my opinion, that's what uh, made me like the kind of had this status of that I have today, right? Uh, obviously because of the reviews it had. Yeah, well, that's cool that like you, you got the opportunity to wrestle like the Zack Sabre Jr. and you know, you, you hung with Ricochet because if you're from Spain where you don't get many promotions, you have to make the most of every chance you get. And it sounds like you just completely took the ball and ran with it. So wh where do you feel like it went after that? Like, and like I said, for as a fan, it was almost like it was overnight. How did it feel to you to like have all this attention on you considering, you know, before that it was just, like you said, you'd had 60 matches in maybe like six years or so. What was it like to then be getting all this attention? So the first, like the first match with uh, Ricochet, I didn't even notice because I didn't have any social media back then. Right. Uh, like, I am this, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm this very weird guy that doesn't like social media and stuff like that. Uh, so obviously that changed, right, because of of my work now. But uh, at that time, I didn't realize. I didn't realize how big that was and how much of an impact it made. Uh, so it was Carlos telling me like look look at these tweets everyone's talking about you know like yeah but all right it's just tweets right um and then i discovered the importance of like social media and, and the power it, it it may have right like mm -hmm. for good or for bad but it's really really important uh with with saber it was i i was like in twitter and instagram everything and it just blew my mind like when like when melzer rated match uh, that was like, all right, that's me done with, with Twitter. <laughs> like, I couldn't... It was that match, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Andy, well, I think this one... might be the first interview we've done where we're speaking to someone with a five-star match. I mean, how was that for you as well? Obviously, wrestling's that. That must have been one hell of a learning pair for you as well to be in there with him. So, like, that was my first match as a technical guy, uh, which is which is very weird because I, I had been doing, like, MMA and grappling, uh, like, for three years back then, but I never saw that in a ring. Like, I was always, like, this high-flyer guy. And, and Sabre just told me, all right, I know what you can do because I did a seminar with him. Uh, let's just do this. Let's just enjoy. Let's just feel each other and like wrestle like this. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I love that style. I, I really wish I can do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just turned out to be like what I what I am today, right? Like I just discovered myself in that match, which is, I, I think it's the most important thing for a wrestler, just mm -hmm. knowing who you are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we've had this discussion a few times with wrestlers where it says like, for the first few years, you'll kind of pretend to be somebody but then when you realize who you are it all just falls into place and that's when you really start picking up pace and getting the bigger matches and doing your best work as well because we were just talking to um Isaiah Velasquez who he was saying um it's all about finding yourself and not being fake and the most important thing you can do as a wrestler is be genuine and do you feel like you're at that point now where you are 
who you're meant to be in wrestling. Yeah, definitely. Like, just because of how much I enjoy doing what I do right now, like, uh, it, w when I did those matches, I wasn't really paying attention to them, like, the environment, the, the match, like, the opponent. I, I wasn't able to enjoy that, right? I was too focused on, like, wow, what should I do? What should I right now, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm just more, like, just enjoying, like, feeling the match and try, like, obviously trying to do the best performance I can, but also trying to enjoy my work because that's that's what I chose to do, right? That's why I chose to be a wrestler, to enjoy what I do. Well, yeah, well, if you can enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't seem like work, does it? Like, you, yeah. want to, you don't want it to get to the point where you resent doing it. Um, but, I mean, when you signed with uh, NXT, when you started getting the match of, matches with NXT UK, did you... Was that a point where you thought like, wow, I've I've made it, you know, I've I've done it, I've I've come from Spain, I've, where there's basically no wrestling, and I've made it to WWE. What what was that like? I mean, it was it was very big, but not at the first moment, right? Like it was big, for example, when my my grandmother, who never really watched any wrestling, I did, uh, mm. started talking to me about that. Like I was like, oh, I saw this, uh, like. You're on something on, on Facebook this, and I'm like, wow, all right. Uh, is that the first That's time cool. you see me wrestling? Yeah. So it was kind of surreal because everyone, like, obviously, obviously everyone knows what WWE is, but not everyone knows what the Indies are, right? Uh, so that's when I realized how big of a deal it was. Like, all right, now I am in the biggest company in the world, and I am the first one to do that for coming from Spain. So that's... Yeah, that's very big. Yeah, the first, the first ever Spanish superstar in WWE. I mean, that's that's an achievement in itself. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, Jamie, you were at the NXT UK tapings in Hull, weren't you? Yes. Yes. Um, I believe... Yeah, no. Of course. You had I, I, was, I was sat next to you. Yes, I was there. <laughs> you all care or run sometimes. Like, you all blend into one. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you were at um, NXT UK Hull um, when we when we came, and we were blown away by you then. Like, I find I think it's cool that like, you haven't really lost your style as well. Like a lot of people when they come from the Indies to WWE, they kind of like not like forget who they are, but the the style changes a bit. And I feel like with you, you've you've managed to hold on to what brought you to WWE in the first place, that high flying style. Uh, mix of a bit of technical and stuff. Um, so, do you do you feel like that as well? Like you've managed to keep who you are now. You're in WWE. Yeah, like obviously when I when I got in, it, it was uh, like a lot of pressure because, mm. as you said, like it, it is a different environment. So you you have to think. You have to go like, all right, maybe what I've been doing doesn't really work right now. And yeah. um, quite honestly, that was the case. Like it didn't really work at that time. So. But, but again, like, I have to be myself. I have to wrestle like I wrestle because that's what got me to WWE. And right now, I feel like I'm the most myself I could ever be. Like, being in WWE just made me be who I am. And, like, all the coaches just giving me feedback about my style and that they wanted to see that, they wanted to see more of that. I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I can, I can be more technical. I can be more high-flyer. I can, I can do that. And it, it was really, like... One of my uh, best memories in NXT was one day that I had like two matches in a row, like the same day. 
and I did like a full high flying match, and then I did like a full technical match, That's which cool. was like, all right, I can, <laughs> yeah, I can get the best of both worlds. So it's really cool. good. What's it like being learning from the the coaches at NXT UK? Because there's a wealth of talent there. Uh, and like, what's the the biggest thing you've learned since you've been in WWE? It's just great. I mean, you you have to take into account that I have I have never been trained by anyone like properly trained by anyone because there's no one in Spain to train people, right? Like, um, yeah, we, we have no good wrestlers, or we had no good wrestlers. We have it now, but. Uh, so yes, being able to like learn from William Regal, like Robbie Brooks, uh, James Mason, Johnny Moss, uh, Johnny Saint, you know, it's like, wow. All the Johnnies. Yeah, all the Johns. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, like, I've grown up watching these people. Like, I remember watching Johnny Moss's, uh, like, classes that he uploaded on YouTube just to try to learn how to do the hiptus. And it was, I mean, until that point, I never learned how to properly do a hiptus before he taught me that. So it was like, yeah, it was it was great. And then obviously hearing like stories from Johnny Sane or like William Regal and just them giving you feedback about your work and like honestly trying to make you better and, and just caring about your style. It's just it's just the best experience you can ever have as a wrestler, right? How 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 valuable has the uh, performance center been to you as well? Obviously with the London based performance center as well now. Uh, that must be so invaluable to you. I feel like that's one of the best things about about my like my time here in NXT. Quite honestly, like obviously, uh, when I signed, I was able to quit my job as a teacher and be full time pro wrestler, which was a very good thing for me. Yeah. But just yeah, just being able to properly learn how to wrestle that's that's my biggest takeaway from from this. Like it just it's just the best. Like I I had never had that chance before. And there's not a better way to learn uh, than being there in, in those four worlds. Yeah. I mean, obviously, have you had much dealing with Shawn Michaels as well? Because from here, he's quite hands-on with the UK brand, isn't he? Um, again, that, that must be something special to learn from Shawn Michaels as well. Again, it is surreal. Like, it's just... Uh, so the fact that's, that people like him watches like my matches and then comment back about it like they tell me what to do it's just like oh, i don't i don't deserve this obviously yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna change that up. it makes the you know what i mean it's just like yeah, the, one of the best minds in pro wrestling telling you what you should do and how you should do it as a fan i lose my mind when Shawn michaels likes one of my tweets i can't <laughs> imagine what it's like when he's giving you feedback on your match or saying you did something well uh, that would be crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah. and I he's mean, he's super nice. Like he's always he's always open to help people and make the product better, which means a lot, honestly. He has got a great mind for it, hasn't he? John Michaels. Um, he's he's always understood the the character work, and like I always feel like Shawn Michaels and his matches brought out the best character in people. Like Triple H, for example, one of my favorite feuds ever is Triple H versus Shawn Michaels because. Shawn Michaels is such a good baby face that like you can't help but feel sorry for him. And I feel like he's one of the best sellers in the business. So do you feel like you've picked up anything on like how to be a you know sympathetic baby face, for example? Um, I imagine that's something Shawn Michaels would teach really well. Uh, I feel like not only because like quite honestly, I never had any 
problem with that because my yeah. role, like since 2012, my role was the sympathetic baby face in White Wolf. Like that's what I've done my whole life, right? Uh, but I, like, I picked up a lot of stuff about selling, like stuff that I had never thought about before. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because uh, again, I, like nobody taught me that. So like, wow, this is, yeah, it makes total sense. Let's let's just practice that. And there was a point in my like when I signed with NXT UK and I was still doing indies, there was a point when I thought that I never, like, I didn't know how to wrestle. Like, I didn't know how to wrestle anymore. Like, even just doing the simplest move, I had to think twice about it just because everything was, like, different right now, right? So yeah. just having that is, is, is amazing. What's... What's going? What What's it look like going forward for you then? I mean, you, you're in NXT UK now, and we're coming out of slowly coming out of lockdown. Wrestling's going to start again soon, and I've heard with NXT UK starting tapings again, hopefully soon. What's What's next on your list? I mean, obviously you want to be NXT UK champion. That's everybody's goal, you know, or even the tag team champion. But what do you want to do in between then? Like, what What's the plan for a kid? I just like I always say this like my like I I'm not a person that uh, sets goals for him like I've never set a goal in my life like I just wanted to be the best wrestler I could be and that that's it like whatever I land it's fine for me uh, but what I want to do in in WWE not only NXT is just tell like good stories that people remember like we were talking like. Uh, I just watched uh, Bret Harvest's One Two Three Kid. Like, if oh, yeah. if at some point in my life I can do something like that that people still talk about today, that's that's probably one of the best things you can do as a performer, right? So that's that's probably my goal. Just tell oh, one of those big stories. Yeah. Yeah, we. That's a something we've touched on in previous interviews. It's uh, in fact the last interview we did. Um, we were saying as a fan, it's not always the the moves that you remember when you get older, it's the moments and how those moments made you feel. So like when you hear the Undertaker's gong on his entrance, you get goosebumps. Or like when Triple H returned in 2000, just hearing his music play after he comes back from injury, that was an amazing moment. Or the Hardys returning, you know, and every wrestler wants a great match, but you find that most wrestlers want that moment that people still talk about in 10 to 15 years. And like sounds like that's what you want too. You want you want that moment. Yeah, and I feel like that's the hardest thing to do as a performer. Like uh, the Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair moment. That's yeah. yeah, everyone remembers that. Like it's just one of those moments in yeah. in wrestling that's like, all right, uh, this is it. This is this is what I love right here. Like this second is what I love about pro wrestling. I, I, I've never been able to do that. Like I don't think I've been able to do that yet. So being able to do that is probably my only objective right now. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, you're not setting goals or anything, but um, hopefully we're going to see you in the future. Like, I'd like to see you mix it up with people in America stateside, you know, like NXT in America. Um, get some matches in there. That would be awesome. Because I think there's a NXT UK has got a lot of good talent. And so there's... Um, I hate calling it main NXT. It's not. It's the same, but it's brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, NXT America, yeah. American NXT, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some people there that I could see you mixing up with, like Adam Cole, for example, or the Undisputed Era in general. I think that would be really cool. And you mean, I mean, like 
is that that's got to be a slight goal of yours, even if you're not setting any. You want to get to uh, you want to get There's, to a city in America. There are like two particular like there are two matches that I would love to do. Uh, one of them is uh, Daniel Bryan. Obviously, it's just like yeah, like I just love his ROH run and then what he did in WWE WrestleMania 30. It is like one of those dream matches, right? And then the other, which is a little bit more weird for most people is uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Like he was one of my favorite as an independent wrestler. Mm. Uh, like his time in PWG, for me, it's one of the like best moments of independent wrestling ever. Uh, I would love, to, I would love to have a match with him. Sleazy Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that run. It was so good. Um, but yeah, was you a big PWG fan then? Yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, that's the only thing we watched it in Spain, uh, indie-wise. Like that's the only indie that existed for us uh, for a few time. Uh, then we like picked up on Chikara stuff like that. Uh, obviously ROH afterwards, but I discovered the indies with uh, with PWG. Oh, that's cool. So usually, like for me especially, it was I found Ring of Honor first, and I feel I feel like because I'm 31. Um, Ring of Honor was just starting. It was about 2002 when I first started watching it. And I feel like a lot of people first got into Ring of Honor, you know, when they look outside of WWE, it's usually Ring of Honor they find, or it was anyway, but um, it's not so much the case nowadays. I think it's usually like um, GCW, for example, is doing incredible stuff. And with yourself, you found PWG. Yeah, but just because like, uh, so that's when I returned to wrestling, like 2012. Uh, So like, PWG was very hot at that moment. Mm. Uh, and then obviously when I watched that and I watched those people, I went like, all right, well, where are they wrestling? Like, then I saw ROH. And then I went like, all right, I need to watch all of this. I need to watch, oh, Daniel Bryan was in ROH. CM Punk was in ROH. What, what, what is this? I need to watch this. And just like bought all the DVDs they had, like the best of Bryan Daniels and the best of CM Punk and just watched the whole of them. Like, just, I think that's my... Probably that or like 91 to 94 WWF. That's probably the two, like two of my favorite times in good, wrestling good by far. Guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two very different eras, but very good. Yeah. Um, like you said, with Ring of Honor around that time when you had uh, shaven head Daniel Bryan just absolutely mauling people with elbows and, you know, nearly killing people. That was an incredible run. Um, if, if you could have, like, one fantasy dream match where you could pick any opponent from any era, would it be Daniel Bryan from that run in Ring of Honor? Uh, yeah, definitely. That, that would be a good pick. Who, who would or, or like Bret Hart, like, or Bret Hart, <laughs> one of those, uh, definitely. W- would you win that match? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. It would be just, like, one title match where I get featured and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't feel like I would deserve to win in that in that era. Oh, modest and humble. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great seeing you do well in the next UK. And I think it's a shame. Obviously, the pandemic has kind of set wrestling back a bit. But with it coming back soon and hopefully with the tapings, it's going to be great to see you and everyone else back in the next UK again. Because... Obviously, we're British. We we miss it, you know. We're, we we I feel like it's one of the the proudest things we've got in Britain uh, when it comes to wrestling. 
And I feel like NXT UK gets a hard time sometimes because it was seen as like the the indie killer or something, you know, signing up all the names. But I feel like it's brought more attention to British wrestling in a positive than anything else because WWE has put enough trust in this company, sorry, this country, to actually base themselves here and make a promotion and a training facility. And I just think it's a positive for British wrestling in general. I mean, is that how you see it too? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, just the fact that uh, obviously all of us that are in the roster are able to, like, make a living out of it and make a good living because it's WWE, like, being able to learn from them, like, it is it is your dream, right? As a kid, that's, that's the dream, like, being in WWE. And when they tell you you can go to WWE, but you're, like, one hour away from it, uh, which is my case, like, uh, one hour flight away from it, it's like... What are you telling me? Like, am I yeah. like, am I able to be in WWE but still live in Madrid? That's wild. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, I can't even imagine like for people from here, right? Like, if if I could do that in my country, like if I could wrestle every city in my country and being in WWE, like in Madrid, in Barcelona, stuff like that, I would be like so blown away, both as a fan and as a performer, right? Like, it just mm-hmm. you you have to kind of feel proud about it. Oh, definitely, yeah. And like I said, it's it's a great great place to base it in London. It's pretty central. You're only an hour away, like you said. So for people in Germany and everywhere else in the in Europe, it's not that far. So I, I see NXT UK more as like NXT Europe, even though it's based here. I like to think it's a hub for all of European wrestling to thrive, not just British wrestling, really. Yeah, but that's that's a, like that's very good, right? Like that's how yeah. also World of Sport used to be. Like, Absolutely, um, yeah. you have like the best British talent, but then why wouldn't you have like the best European talent, like people from yeah. Hungary and stuff like that? You 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 want that, so you have it. I mean, regardless of what people say, we are technically part of Europe. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so. what I love about it. It's UK because it's. Like you said, there's yourself from Spain, you know, you've got Ilya Dragunov, you've got Imperium, so it's, it is very European. Mm-hmm. And I think it is that almost a throwback to the world of sport era. Uh, obviously, you have Johnny Satan involved and, and people like that, and it's it's a big throwback. I mean, do you watch much world of sport? Even find any of them guys as well, back from them days. Obviously, Johnny Satan, as you mentioned, but any others? Uh, r- right now, I'm like, I'm very much watching only World of Sport. So yeah, a, a lot of people uh, I have some people that I find uh, amazing. Like, it's just like, how didn't I know this guy, right? Like how, how hadn't like I studied this guy before? And they're just like class performers that I, that I had never had heard about it. Uh, like people like uh, Tybor, uh, people like Alan Sargent. And then obviously, when you watch the work of people like uh, Rollerball Rocco, uh, Finlay, uh, Jim Brakes, those guys were just like, what is this? Like, this is, it, it's just surreal. Like, it's in the 70s, and it's wrestling that could still hold up today. Well, it's just amazing. So, so ahead of the time, right? Like, when it comes to what they were doing, it like you said, it, it wouldn't be out of place nowadays. And you find a lot of wrestlers nowadays, looking back at these World of Sport matches, and taking parts of it because it still works. It's but people haven't done it for so long. It almost seems new. So. I feel like yeah. I feel like if someone 
does that now they feel like oh this is new this is innovative yeah. no this, this is what people were doing like back in the 70s that's that's amazing like yeah, yeah. what's I, in uh marty jones versus rocco that's like pretty much any match right now in the indies like yeah. it's just that level yeah that's it so fast-paced and technical and you know it like i said it, it wouldn't be out of place and i find that really cool because as much as wrestling has progressed in in the same way it's kind of stayed the same in how consistently good the in-ring action's been like you, you get more you get more flips nowadays you get more like high spots so to speak but you still had the high spots back in well the sport days they were just something different like, i feel like the best thing in my opinion like for world of sport is that like the rules it just mm. feels like a, a real contest you know what i mean like yeah. it feels like sport yeah. Uh, just having those 10 counts just makes everything make more sense and like the rounds and, and everything, the public warnings, it's just things that add a lot to the to the thing, right? Like to the final product of the match, which right now we, we don't have in the Indies. That's probably why you have so many high spots. Yeah, that's very true. Even some uh, major promotions, I won't name any, but like it's almost like the rules are secondary to the match. Whereas if you enforce the rules, it makes the match much more important. Personally, like if you went like in tag team matches, I hate it when people don't hold the tag rope. Hold the tag rope because that's why it's there. <laughs> like, Definitely. You know, so it's just the look, the little details, and it's good that you see that too when you're studying all these older matches because I think it's really important for a, a wrestler to do that to go back and look at what worked before and see how you can do that too. Yeah, and I've always enjoyed it so much. Like it's just a part of my job that I love like just watching wrestling and trying to like understand little details like uh whenever I watch Brett any match I, I watch of him I always learn something new like wow I, I never realized how he moved after that leapfrog for example yes just one thing that I learned today that's that's amazing <laughs> well it's uh I mean like I said it, we're just looking forward to seeing you in the future and usually what I do is ask where we can find somebody coming up in the future. I'm guessing with you, it's the answer is NXT UK. Um, do you have an idea of when that might be? Uh, or is it just open to... I know as much as you guys do. Uh, like, what I know uh, is just like, whenever it's possible to do it safely for uh, all of us, that oh. will happen, right? Like, yeah. I don't know how it will be or when it will be. But I know it will happen. So. I mean, as much as as much as we want to see wrestling back, like you said, safety first. We can, if we have to go without wrestling here for another few months to ha a year, whatever. As long as it comes back safe and the people wrestling are safe, that's all that matters. That's we've the most important thing. Work. We've got millions of hours to watch if we need it, so we're good. We're next to yours now, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's been great talking to you um we'd be really cool to catch up with you when wrestling does return to the uk when everything's back up and running let's find out where you're going to be um nxt uk obviously but um give us an update on what's going on and maybe really cool to talk to you again down the line yeah we'll perfect yeah yeah but um, yeah, great talking to you. And we've been Ringsiders Wrestling, fans at Ringsiders Pod, and we'll see you again next time.